Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 41 through 48 of The Blood of Olympus. done with this book and this series yeah I know I was thinking about that and I was like you know I'm not a per I'm one of my I think lifelong struggles is learning learning to celebrate myself was as my therapist said except I haven't been to therapy in a long time a couple <laughs> months it's, that's a whole other thing <laughs> but I was like what am I and I feel like I'm always like I'm like, oh my god, we're almost done with this. And then my like little like lizard brain is like, well, no, you're like, it's just a silly little podcast, Aaron. Shush. But I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. We've done almost ten books, and people are listening. I mean, also you've organized it, and you've been awesome with social media, interacting, staying polite. And not too crazy. I think that that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has sent us such cool things. They've sent us the most amazing, like, funny fan art. Manas always sends me the, like, screenshots of the funny emails. And I'm always like, y'all are just, y'all are great. (laughs) Amazing. I love how open and comfortable you are sharing your art and your thoughts. Yes. And... It just it honestly, every time I get an email from to that account, that's not like my work or school email. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. This is like serotonin boost immediately. The only like email notifications that are worth turning on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um also, I mean, our favorite word is nuance, and I think right. that it is a syllable podcast, but it brings us so much joy. And I like yeah. to believe because of the emails and all the DMs we get that it brings other people joy too. So it definitely does. Y'all are yeah. have been so nice and just oh, I love it. Maybe that's a new sticker idea. Silly little podcast. I feel like during oh like when we take our break between this season and Trials of Apollo, you're just gonna see a lot of weird sticker ideas from me. And <laughs> you're gonna be like, Aaron, please stop. <laughs> be like, Trying to get the creative juices continue to flow. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I haven't we have not touched our merch in a long time because I know. I'm like, I don't got the time for that. If only I Which was is... a full-time podcaster, except then I'd have to tell people I was a full-time <laughs> podcaster. Like, I'd have to be, like, out and be like, what's your job? And they'd be, I'd be like, oh, I'm the content creator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, the I made a mistake. So I was doing a summer internship at a right. um, software engineering company. And as a side project, I built... And it's done. I just haven't done anything with it. I built our website from scratch. So good. And um, 
I didn't realize I was doing on the side to practice some of the like environments and some of the things that we were learning. I was learning in the internship. And so then my lead asks me what, like, he's like, I'd really love to see what you've been working on. And I was like, ah, I have to explain to this 30 something year old man what Percy Jackson is. Why? Did he and know I have what it was? Podcast. No, he had no idea. Oh. What a podcast, like, what I that I am in a podcast, and then he has the name of it, and he's like, Can you present this to the team? <gasps> no. And so I had to do that. And I mean, they were all, they're all, I mean, we're all nerds, right? We're in an, yeah, we're engineers. Yeah. yeah. So they were all like, Oh, we thought you'd do something with biology. And I was like, You would think <laughs> that, that was something I would do because of my background. But instead, I did this. And I was like, I need all y'all to tell me what orange looks the best. <laughs> Are we going for like a burnt orange, a sunset orange? Come on. Yeah. Which, great. They gave me a return offer. So clearly they liked me enough, even despite Maybe it's because they listened to the podcast. They were like, we want her on here because of her opinions. (laughs) She's actually, we all agree that Romans are furries and therefore she should extend her a job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At one point at my last job, the like, the casting news of uh, the trio broke while I was like in a meeting and it was just like with some of my like uh like co-working colleagues and i was just like oh my gosh i'm and the check in was like something about like what are you excited about and i was like the percy jackson cast and everyone was there was like i don't know what that is and i was like <laughs> oh okay well then i guess i'm never talking about my podcast here <laughs> i've outed myself as a nerd <laughs> I know. as if it was a surprise i know i know but, you know, some things can be closeted a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, we have to say is thank you so much for listening. We're going to get more sentimental as we get on mm-hmm. and start finishing this series. Because it's going to be, like, new water for us next series. Because yeah. it's be something I've never read. And so the discussions are going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And it's yeah. just different. Different narration. Some new characters. Yeah. It's yeah. exciting. Well, to summarize what we're going to talk about today, um, Percy gets the controversial nosebleed and Nico gets a love interest. Imagine having a controversial nosebleed. (laughs) Might have just been like if I got hit in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I've like, my my, my friend in college got a nosebleed during her calculus exam. Mm, That was the word. I look over and she's bleeding all over her (gasps) test and I was like, you poor thing. And it's like, what's the derivative? <laughs> it was, literally, it was like that. Oh, that's And like, they so were like awful. unnecessarily strict. So they were like, well, you can't leave because you might cheat. I'm like, I promise you this is not planned. <laughs> like if she goes to the bathroom, what if she pulls it's out like her fake phone? blood. Yeah. I was like, Percy should have just had fake one. blood. I know. <laughs> and guys starts rising, but it's actually, oh shit, like, I can't. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> the Piper chapters this time. Like I haven't seen Piper in a minute. So Piper chapters 41 through 44. So chapter 41, they have made it to the outskirts of Athens, but naturally they're being attacked by snake people. But these are not the, like, Dracone snake people that we're used to. Instead, they're um, described as human on the top and snake on the bottom. So they're, like, centaurs, but snake, which is interesting. 
The main snake. I'm just imagining. I don't know if you ever played like Age of Mythology, but you could get these snake people who are like exactly like that. And Maybe the graphics it was were these. really, really bad. <laughs> so then they just kind of like, you kind of see them slithering, but then they would just like spear each other to that. That's exactly what I'm imagining. Like pixels yeah. moving across yeah. the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like quote unquote snakes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, sure. Yeah, these snake men that I'd, I'm just. It's just funny. I feel like the snake would be... What if it was proportionally to a snake? Like, very small and thin, and then their human part was, like, a human <laughs> torso. <laughs> Do you think they listen to reputation? Yeah. like, oh my god, finally yeah. representation. They're, They're actually <laughs> probably, like, upset when Taylor moved past into, like, the lover oh, yeah. era. They were like, this oh, isn't... Yeah. We don't see ourselves in this anymore. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, we are wildly sorry, off guys. topic this episode we are so that's sorry. just the vibe today i think it's because it's sunny outside you know i'm just i know <laughs> so the main snake man he takes a moment to introduce himself his name is key crops the he is the eternal king of athens and he asks for permission to come aboard the argo too and the seven are like looking at each other like this is definitely a trap but they let it happen anyway the snake man says that all his people were the original people of Athens called the Gemini, to which, like, Percy, there's that fa infamous line where they're like, like astrology, and Percy's like, I'm a Leo, and Leo goes, no, I'm a Leo, you're a Percy, haha. -ha. Mm. Um, to which I Imagine didn't know what I was like. going off on their, like, sun, their moon, their rising, and they completely <laughs> deviate on top of Percy's, I, I feel like Percy knows about astrology. He reads oh, his, the sure. fact that he immediately like was like, oh, Gemini, I'm a Leo. That tells me he reads his horoscope. He, you know he what knows it is? astrology. He Sally. probably knows his big three. Sally <gasps> probably told him what he's Sally's astrology. an astrology like, girly. Yeah. And so when Annabeth visited her with Percy the first time, she like checked their sign compatibility and was like, ooh, this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, Sally Percy definitely, like, reads the whole chart. Like, she knows yeah. everything. Percy knows his big three. <laughs> when when Percy was missing, Annabeth and Sally were actually just reading their charts. They weren't worried about Percy. <laughs> okay, um, Key Crops then says he can offer them an underground passage into the Acropolis. Because there is an army of monsters all kind of like blocking the way the Acropolis above ground so they wouldn't have to fight all of them. But he says he can only take a small party of demigods. He says no more than three to pass undetected without their scent giving them away to all the monsters. Because Piper isn't sure this dude is legit. <laughs> she decides to sing a song. <laughs> this part, like, she's being very powerful, but I cannot take... It's so funny to me that... Like they use the power of song magic. I can't they like I just do that. It was like a it. theme this book. I know. It doesn't ruin it. It makes it funny to me. Like a serious scene, I'm like giggling a little when it's like, and Piper kept singing, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> it's like that one friend that like knows they can sing well and sings all the time. I actually don't think I have a friend like that. I just no, knew people like God. that in high school. There was just like a few people in high school that were like that. The ones who always volunteer to sing the national anthem. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So Piper sings, which makes her charm speak even more powerful and makes the snake man enter into a trance. And she asks him what his real intentions are. And of course, he reveals that he had planned to deceive them. However, the underground passage, like everything he said was true. There is this passage. He could guide them through the tunnels. His plan had been to guide them and then deliver them directly to Gaia so that he could get you know, like a, a reward. And then Piper demands that he still guide them there, but not give them over to Gaia using her charm speak music. Like she's just singing this whole time. <laughs> Annabeth suggests that herself and Percy go, since the oldest shrines in the Acropolis are dedicated to Poseidon and Athena, along with Piper, so that she can control their snake friend to lead the way. Chapter 42 Through the sewers they go. As they walk, they can feel the heartbeat of Gaia all around them, which Percy says reminds him of Tartarus. She's waking and she's angry. Eventually, they wind up in a camouflage membrane goo thing. I don't know. There's a lot of lizards down there. They're snake men, not lizards. <laughs> Gross. Mm. I don't want to call them lizard people. They're snake people. Mm. They're all down there, too, kind of like guiding them. They have a little gang. They reach this membrane at the basement of a temple in Annabeth. Um, once they get through, she runs her hands along some marks on the ground and calls to Percy. She, because she's smart, knows that this is the place where Poseidon struck the earth and made a saltwater spring appear when he had a contest with Athena to sponsor Athens, which obviously Athena won because it's called Athens. This is where the rivalry, <laughs> yeah, this is where the rivalry between Athena and Poseidon started. So naturally, Percy and Annabeth decide to make out here. <laughs> And they kiss for long enough that Piper's like, I feel uncomfortable. She's just like clearing her throat a little bit like, you guys, you've made your point. <laughs> They're like, we've had the giant statue in our stable for like weeks. We haven't you had our understand. We have no, the table has been harassing <laughs> us. We have no chance to do this. The table keeps opening our doors. <laughs> This is just really that they're pent up. It's not started <laughs> off metaphorical, but then Piper's like, you guys, come on, we're like on the clock here. <laughs> it's how I feel watching any action movie where the guy suddenly <laughs> kisses the girl. I'm like, there is a bomb. Millions of people are gonna die. This is not time. And it goes slow motion for a moment and you just see <laughs> people like dying in playing. the background and you're like, well, <laughs> okay. Okay, I guess, you know, now's the moment. <laughs> yeah. And then Percy says, once they finally pull apart, Percy says, I love you, wise girl, which is so iconic, Ugh, so good. The and then Percy, like, kind of realizes that Piper is there and he looks at her and shrugs and is like, sorry, I kind of had to. But mm. like us, Piper is a Percibeth fan and she's like, I get it. Don't worry. Mm. Or maybe she's just like also wants to kiss Annabeth a little bit. <laughs> she pulls out her phone and starts taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, she's like, can I get in line? Thanks. <laughs> Annabeth gets is flustered, but she's immediately like, okay, let's get back to business. I am a woman with a plan now, which is figuring out how they can disable as many siege weapons as possible and make an approach path for the Argo 2 without being noticed. Thankfully, Annabeth has already thought ahead for this. She like didn't tell the others. Percy's like, I got nothing, and Annabeth's like, no, I'm we're good. We already have the plan going. Uh Frank and Hazel are on the case for a distraction. And this is the part where I lose my mind. 
This mm-hmm. book, I'm going to spiral here because Frank turns into a swarm of bees, like a swarm of bees go past. And I have a lot of questions. Number one, what happens? So, well, first of all, does he contain all bee thoughts within him? Or is he only like the queen bee and the others are like a hive mind? And what happens if one bee dies? Because it's easy to kill one bee. Just swat one. Does he lose a part of himself? Um, My favorite part about all of this is that Piper is narrating it and having the exact same questions. She's like, well, how does that work? And no one answers her. (laughs) And we just move on. It's the same thing with um, how Annabeth was born. Percy gets an explanation and then no follow-up after. Rick didn't want to think about it. He was like, what's something? But he could have chosen something else to turn Frank into as a distraction. But it had to be a swarm oh. of... Well, a fly wouldn't be a distraction. Just one fly. Fuzzing <laughs> around. I mean, that would be It would annoying. distract me. Yeah. Yeah, it would distract me. But I'm like, Turns what? into just like a really cute little cat that everyone oh. just starts losing their minds after. I think that could yeah. also work. That also just makes a lot more physical sense than multiple right? bees. I just don't understand, like, which bee holds his consciousness. I know that bees operate with a hive mind kind of thing with, like, worker bees and whatever. Um, I'm basing all of my understanding of bees off of the Animorphs bee book. I'm not going to lie. So, like, that's probably Mm. outdated. I don't know. If there's a bee expert out there, please fill me in. Do bees have, like, different consciousnesses? And if they do... How would they test that? (laughs) How would a bee expert find that out? You become a bee. We get a we get a DM being like, "Hi, so I have counted the souls of bees, and I can in fact tell you, I saw each I bee has a soul." Hello, I'm a woman from Bee Movie, and I know <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld as a bee told me. One of my notes here is Hazel now, like the woman from Bee Movie, because she's in love with a bee. Well, she's in love with multiple bees, so she's actually the lady yeah. from Bee Movie. If the lady from Bee Movie was a little more out it's there, like polyamorous, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's wow. already the most adventurous, you know, a bee. She really <laughs> is. She really is. So um, I know there's also some confusion online about this, and I don't think Rick has. I think Rick's just like, why are you guys focusing on this? He's just bees. It's fine. It's and fine. And we're all like, which bee is he? <laughs> bees! It's like that um, Cards Against Humanities card that just says bees, question mark. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what Frank is now. Anyways, um, Hazel's also <laughs> helping with the distraction and uses her mist to make the three of them look like ne- Neanderthals. So they blend in, I guess. I don't know. I guess, like, they're trying to say monsters are ugly, so they made them ugly. <laughs> the three of them then split up to cover the most ground and agree to meet up at the giant's throne. They're able to disable. Huh, I wrote able to disable. That's kind of a weird sentence they're able to disable quite a few of the like weapons but then suddenly there's a loud boom and all the giants cry in triumph before porphyrion's throne all the giants stand in a loose ring and the princess periboya holds annabeth by the neck while enceladus remember enchilada man has percy captured so piper's the only one who has not been caught chapter 43 
The good news, though, is that the Giants don't know Piper's there, and she's able to use that to her advantage. Like, they weren't... The Giants say that they were expecting Annabeth and Percy. They're like, of course, it's you two. It's always about you two. And Piper's like, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have expected me because they always underestimate me as the child of Aphrodite. And she's like, I'm going to use that to my advantage. Um, So Piper leaps out and lands in the center of the courtyard and attacks. She is small and quick and good with her knife and able to dodge giants and even take down a few. In the chaos, though, Annabeth ends up getting cut on her thigh and bleeds onto the earth, the blood of a female demigod to wake Gaia. But the others are now coming to help. Jason, Frank, and Hazel all appear, like, down below, ready to fight. It's chapter 44. They all attack various giants and monsters while Leo is up manning the ship and firing at them with ballistae. For a moment, the Seven are actually winning against all of these giants, but eventually they run out of steam and the element of surprise is gone. Porphyrion laughs a menacing laugh and says to them all, You demigods have learned nothing. There are no gods to aid you. We need only one more thing from you to make our victory complete. And then he like looks pointedly at Percy. And Percy's like, what? And then they all notice that Percy has a nosebleed and it seems to like fall. The drop of blood seems to fall in slow motion to the ground from his chin. And then the blood of Olympus has been spilled and like the Earth Mother starts to rumble and wake and the chapter ends. If Percy had just, like, been self-conscious and, like, wiped his nose. Like, it's just that Percy has no concept of what's going on on himself, <laughs> on anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, if they had only sent the boys or only sent the girls, like, if they had been really sexist about it and yeah. cheesy, nothing would have happened. But then again, they would not have been able to win because they don't have the manpower to do so. I get the concept of the prophecy, but there's also ways to avoid it by just removing the tools of the prophecy. Like, honestly, that should have been Annabeth's big brain move. Like, Anna, I feel like Annabeth would have thought of this kind of like how when they when they went to go get Nike and she was very strategic about like not sending anyone with opposing parents. I feel like she should have thought, let's not let's only send boys or let's only send girls so they can't get their whole like boy girl thing. But I will say, maybe Annabeth all along just wanted to make out with Percy in the <laughs> Yeah, this was her big brain idea. Yeah. Like, maybe she was just like, you know what, it's been too long. I just want to make out with Percy. I don't care if Gaia awakens. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I, I'm still, I mean, so to clarify, whenever people brought up, oh, Percy's nosebleed, I completely apparently blacked out these chapters yeah, from my brain. That's like the fine. last fourth of the book. So I read it all, like, after we finished our last episode, I just read through the whole thing, because I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. A lot happens. A lot happens, but the chapters are short. A lot happens. Mm-hmm. And then also the fact that I had always thought reading online and stuff and remembering, and I was like, Percy has a nosebleed, like, because he's anxious, is what it was I thought. <laughs> <laughs> How like do you an anxious think nosebleeds nosebleed. work? Well, these people have nosebleeds when they're anxious yeah. or if like, they, no, that's the true. humidity is just not matching yeah. up and so he gets a really dry nose. He gets smashed yeah. in the face. Like, there's not much yeah. you could have done about it. It's stupid. No. But at least it's a like, more He just could have wiped than... his nose, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this Annabeth but is, like, held rain. against her will and her thigh is cut open. Like, that's yeah. brutal. Percy <laughs> gets a little <laughs> nosebleed. 
And it's what wakes the world. It is pretty on brand for him. Yeah, he's just honestly. like, God damn it! You know, Percy swore after that. He was just like, Fuck oh, me. so <laughs> many profanities. Well, the funny part yeah. is, like, for the rest of the series, he's so mad about it. He's like, I can't believe that's what what it was. Which is at least on brand. He was not like, yeah, you know, prophecies are prophecies. You know, yeah. At least he's like, that. are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into Nico's chapters Yay. 45 through 48 so chapter 45 if we remember from last time nico had a little gang which contains Layla and dakota from the roman camp who are helping him infiltrate the legion and basically stop this stupid war they have michael cahill knocked out and are trying to figure out how to get to the roman encampment nico suggests his zombie chauffeur who was gifted to him by his father years ago he suggests it partially because they need someone who knows how to drive this black SUV that is available to them, but mostly he's doing it because he thinks it's funny to freak out these Roman children. Um, in his Back narration, to like, Nico, this is why you don't have friends. <laughs> in his narration, too, he's just like he thinks it's really funny that uh, kids who are older than him and have more experience than him are afraid of him. He thinks it's quite mm-hmm. fun, actually. They basically drive through a pack of centaurs who look nothing like our sweet Chiron um, and hundreds of monsters. Why did you chuckle? Because you said sweet Chiron. Our sweet Chiron. So he's like, oh, Chiron looks like actually like he could disguise himself as a human. Like he's got very humanoid features, but these centaurs are... More furry. They look more horse-like and animal-like all throughout. They're not, like, trying to play capture the flag all the time. <laughs> no, I know. They are ready for war. Yeah. Octavian has essentially recruited the worst of the worst, thinking it was all for power. But Nico knows that, basically, Octavian has no control over this army. And in the end, they're going to, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. Nico decides to go and disband the onagers by shadow traveling, and he sends Layla and Dakota to return to their troops to convince them to stand down, create a diversion, and switch sides. Unfortunately for Nico, he's still really ill from all the previous shadow traveling. He Remember, he knocked out for three whole days, just like less than 24 hours ago, from his last shadow excursion. And so when he does it this time, he feels himself start to disappear. It's only by sheer will that he's able to come back to the mortal world in one piece. As he tries to recover, holding on to Talia's pine tree, Nico notes that the onagers are stocked with projectiles that are mixed with imperial gold, which basically means that with enough heat or pressure, it's going to explode and any demigod nearby is going to just be destroyed in the most violent way. It's kind of like shrapnel, essentially. Nico's thinking about his next move when he's surprised by Will Solis. Will mm. and two other campers are crouched in the grass wearing all black with black face paint. They're basically cosplaying, you know, ninjas. <laughs> Will says that he is scouting the enemy and that Lou Ellen has wrapped them in a little mist to keep them safe while they do so. So in the campers are Lou Ellen, Will, and Cecile. We also learned from him that Coach has made him back to camp in time for the birth of his baby. I was like, congrats to him and the cloud nymph, I guess. We also horrifyingly learned that Will was the one who had to deliver the baby. He's of course, fully traumatized. See? He's the only <laughs> medical professional on this camp. And he's 14. Yeah. He's yeah. a professional. I say that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
traumatized and he actually volunteered for the scouting mission because he needed <laughs> to leave and do something else besides birth children. Which also, I had a note about it. I was like, so we're just fully accepting. I mean, you don't get into details, but this cloud has like a vaginal birth. Yeah, I guess so. I guess cloud I mean, vagina. I mean, how else would he get pregnant? So yeah. I mean, like, that well, just like, I never mind. want to see that again. <laughs> That this cloud had to give birth, but Zeus just to get gets to have like a headache in order right? to create Athena. Like not clearly, fair. the Greeks are creative enough to not have to go through childbirth, but the nymph does. Okay, well, the nymphs kind of get screwed over, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah, in many yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> that was like my little note on that. Um, Will has also been told by Coach Hedge that Nico cannot shadow travel anymore without risking hurting himself. So Will forces Nico to think of another option and to gain entry towards the Onagers. Nico's low-key in love with this very like commanding Will. He's like, oh, you know, like Apollo was hot. I think, I don't know why I'm thinking about Apollo being hot, who is Will's dad. Will's not hot. I don't think Will's hot. Anyway, he's also annoyed that he thinks this way and he's like i actually don't have time to think about this so we have to think about another plan chapter 46 they make it to the first onager as Layla and dakota unleash the first distraction nico asks cecile who's the other camper to re-aim the onager to point it at the others instead they try to think about blowing it up but they know if they blow one up the other ones are going to go off and they're going to give away their positions So Nico gets the brilliant idea of like, let's just aim all of them at each other. No one's going to notice until they fire it. As they move on to the next onager, they are spotted. Will runs to distract some guards while Lou Ellen throws a grenade that turns a couple of the Romans into piglets. Nico goes and helps Will and they all regroup in time to see that Cecile has recalibrated the second onager. Also, if I am saying that word wrong, please never let me know. I'd like to live yeah. in ignorant bliss. Yeah, thank you. I don't know how to say it either. So I could look it up, but I won't. And that is my right. So don't mm-hmm. correct me. I feel like if we're ever pronouncing things wrong, we don't want it. Unless it's like a name. Yeah. If it's just a word, I <laughs> please don't tell me. You'll be blocked. About no, war, just it's you fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll actually like take it personally if I'm pronouncing <laughs> something wrong. <laughs> We finally have beef, and it's because someone's trying to educate us. <laughs> like, it's on a girl. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> As they approach the third, they are spotted again, and the first legion is actually around it very closely. Nico summons some skeletons to fight them off, a couple of the soldiers who've noticed them. But doing so makes him almost pass out. Will holds him up and gives him some medical gum to try to keep him awake. Nico finds himself leaning on a surprisingly strong will. And he's like, I actually really appreciate the support. And he's like, I'm going to let myself lean a little bit. And I was like, yeah, you do you, baby. Yeah, um, Nico. As they start bantering very cutely. Um, and obviously not cutely to them, but we think it's cute. And they suddenly find themselves surrounded by Octavian and the First Legion. Octavian is decorated with imperial gold and gems as if he's already won the battle and he tells the army to tear the Greeks apart. So chapter 47, Will lets out this piercing taxi cab whistle and all of Octavian's men, who are dog soldier men, by the way, they're like half dogs. I... Nico was like, oh, his dog soldiers. I was like, his what? (laughs) I don't remember that. But they dropped. Not fair, this... I want dog soldiers. I mean, they're quite easy to 
like take over because Will does his little whistle and when they drop to the ground and they're holding their ears Miku just like walks to each of them and gently stabs each of them and they disappear into the shadows yeah I mean they're men at the end of the day yeah Yeah. that's fine murdering men is okay just not dogs (laughs) I draw the line at animal cruelty (laughs) Octavian is stunned that his elite guard went down so easily Octavian then puts on a show trying to make it sound like the Greeks are evil he's like you see everyone to first legion because he's performing you see like this is why we have to defeat the Greeks they planned against us they killed my dogs (laughs) like they're evil (laughs) and he's like you know what just fire the onagers like start war it's time to go Nico notes that Octavian is a legacy. So I think earlier, last episode, we talked about how Octavian was Apollo's son. He's not. He's a child of Apollo, but watered down through generations. Mm-hmm. And the way that Nico describes him is exactly as that. A sad, watered-down version of Will. And I was like, you just think Will's hot. Like, no one can compare. We get it. What does that mean, water? So he's not a direct child of Apollo then, right? No, he's like several demigods removed. So like his great-grandfather was a child of Apollo. And then I think there's a lot of mortal parents in between. Mm-hmm. So not even okay. demigod. Like if, like not like Percy and Annabeth have a child. It's like if Percy and a, like a mortal had a child and that was married to a mortal, they had Octavian. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're also like, he looks anemic. And I'm like, how would you know? <laughs> they're basically <laughs> describing him as like inbred. They're like, he's like watery eyes. He looks really unhealthy. He has anemia. Like I'm sure if they looked, he'd have a tail. Like they're like, he's inbred essentially is what they're saying, which is hilarious. Rick was watching Game of Thrones. It's just describing a Targaryen here. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Or was like really, I mean, to be fair, I'm sure he had just finished the Egyptian books and... There was That's a lot true. of dynasties with inbred and like King Tut mm, and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, love that. Who knows? sibling marriage. Yeah, mm, hot. Mm. Uh, Nico really wants to kill him, but he has had he has hesitations since killing Bryce, and he's like, I don't know if I want to kill another demigod in cold <laughs> Can I blood. Kill again. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is he also is surprised that he's having hesitations. He's like, I've never thought about what was right before. Maybe I've changed as, as, as a man now, as 14 years old. Maybe I think murder is wrong. <laughs> it's character growth. Yeah, I guess. Octavian taunts Nico, saying that the Greeks will never offer him a place at their camp. And to which Nico responds, he actually plans to disappear from both camps completely. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> This then turns into a weird tangent between Will and Nico. Will is annoyed that Nico doesn't see how he has friends at Camp Half-Blood and he keeps running away and Will doesn't understand why Nico does that. Nico is annoyed that Will is claiming this and also has noticed him. He doesn't like being perceived. And Mm -hmm. so they are having a little argument. So Octavian has to interrupt this. He's like, this is cute. Rom-com unfolding. But we have to you know, talk about this right now. And he tells Nico he's trying to win him over and he's talking about how Apollo himself has shown him the prophecy of the future. But Will interrupts saying that he is an actual child of Apollo and he knows his father lost the power of prophecy a while ago. So Octavian is actually making all of this up. Octavian ignores him and at that moment, Onager goes off. Instead of firing at Camp Half-Blood like Octavian expected, it destroys all the other ones around it. Octavian orders it to be reloaded, but no one in the first uh, cohort moves. The fifth cohort, led by Dakota, comes forward and states they have new orders from their actual praetor, Reyna. No Senate had elected Octavian or removed Reyna from office, so he was actually violating all the rules by starting the war. 
Octavian demands the Romans pick sides, and Nico notes that he's like, who knows what the Romans would have done in that moment, but they would never find out because the Greek camp was charged from the hill with Clarice, who clearly was like a midwife, just like probably 20 (laughs) minutes ago, and now it's like... She's Leading like the army. cloud blood. <laughs> Ew. Do clouds bleed? Will they give birth? So who knows like, what they do? I mean, it sounds like it was traumatizing for Will, but like, is labor painful for a cloud? Like, why can't you do, just like, if it's a cloud, pain? can it just like reach it, reach into its tummy and pull it out? Well, the, I, think I don't know. The question is like, first of all, how did Coach Hedge impregnate the nymph? The second yeah, question I, is why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the question is, how dare you? <laughs> the third question is, um, since it's like a half satyr, half nymph baby, mm-hmm. it, it's just like super into nature because it's half cloud, yeah. half satyr goat things. You know, I don't know. It's just this, it, yeah. it, like the bees, it breaks my brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... In the definition of Greek mythology, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Clarice is leading the Greeks and demands that the Romans surrender or be destroyed. Octavian takes this moment to tell his soldier actually all that Will and Nico's little banter, their little cute rom-com was a trap. They were stalling us so this could happen, so we need to charge. Chapter 48. Nico is exhausted from trying to, from the skeletons and also in general, and so he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want the sides to attack each other. But before he can do anything, Will does the taxi cab whistle again, louder and more horrible than last time. He tells everyone to stand down and points north to see that Athena Parthenos is gleaming at the sunrise. Basically, it's flying over, being held up by a bunch of pegasi with Reyna on the lead's back. Reyna announces to the Greek that she, as a Roman, has returned the statue that was wrongly taken as a sign of peace. She then addresses the Romans and says that they should stand together with their brethren, the Greeks. Nico then decides to try public speaking for the first time and urges (laughs) both sides to listen. He's like, I've never, I hate speaking. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I need people to listen. He basically says that they need to stand together. At this very moment, Gaia is gaining power. And as he's doing his first speech uh, for the first time in his life, he's interrupted. So rude. The, the earth shakes and Guy speaks through them all. She says that they will all die and peace together was a futile gesture. The ground becomes almost fluid and sticky. Gross. Mm-hmm. The wind picks up and the Romans and Greeks close ranks, standing shoulder to shoulder. A sea of enemies descend on them. The two camps put together, still looking minuscule compared to the amount of enemies. Nico realizes they would be making their final stand on Camp Half-Blood Hill by literally standing on enemy ground, because, you know, the enemy is the ground. And Mm -hmm. that's how the chapter ends. Mm. So some notes. Um, I know in the past people always email about Will and Nico, and people like, Will and Nico are so cute, and even like all this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know about it because I haven't read Trials of Apollo. I completely, again, blacked this part of it out, (laughs) and I forgot they had any interactions together. In my brain, the way that it read was Nico kind of sees Will in one of the chapters early on in the book, and then at the end, when things are wrapping up, he's like, oh, that blonde-haired Apollo kid is kind of nice to me once, like, and then starts a relationship 
later after that, I totally forgot they had these interactions. And so when everyone's like, they're so cute, I'm like, they're kind of random. But this, I'm eating it up. I was reading it's so it and I was good. like, yes. Like, I love it's it. The, it's the golden, ret- the sunshine, <laughs> midnight rain, like, vibes, ooh, right? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Nico definitely is listening, <laughs> listens to midnights, but like, you know, on the down low. He like tries to switch his his Spotify back to Screamo when people walk in the room. (laughs) But it's all Taylor said. I I also like it because usually when people write like the sunshine versus the grumpy, it's the sunshine is really overly excited and happy. And the grumpy is just like mean and toxic. This is just Mm -hmm. like trauma and someone who is just like, hey, what if I held eye contact with you? And that's literally all it is. And it's nice. I also love how Will is like, I like that he's just like kind of telling Nico to stop with the shit. Like Nico's like, everybody hates me. And Will's like, literally, people just don't know why you don't want to hang out with us. Like, can you not? And it's great. These chapters, their interaction is so good. It also gives a nice insight to like, maybe Will has had a, like a little crush on Nico and like has really Ooh. been looking forward to him returning because the moment Nico says, well, I'm leaving forever, Will takes it a lot more personally than yeah. Percy ever has. Percy would have just been like, okay. Like, oh, I man, like I miss here. you, man. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then Will yeah. is like, how dare you rip my heart from my chest? He's like, we could be friends. Yeah, it gives you the insight that, like, Will has been waiting for this opportunity and has really, not just, like, this moment together, but in previous interactions has really enjoyed Nico's company, which I really like, because then it it builds a bit more of a foundation than what I had thought in my brain they had. I love the idea, too, of, like, Will seeing Nico at camp. And, I mean, Nico's perspective describes himself. He's like, I don't have any friends. I just stand in the corner. But, like, clearly Will's, like... You have friends here. You just don't make an like you just assume we all don't like you. And I love the idea of Will having like a little crush on the weirdo in the corner that's just like mm-hmm. spooking everyone a little. Mm. Well, also with Will's perspective in this, and something I didn't go into detail in my summary, is that like uh Lou Ellen, when Nico compliments her, she blushes and is so excited that like Nico is complimenting her. And with the sprinkle of Will's perspective of like, hey, actually Nico has friends and people really like Nico. You kind of see that Nico is wrong, that people actually have been just waiting for him to interact. And it's like a really good, I don't know. I really like that perspective. Yes, me too. Like when you get it reflected that, I mean, because we've gotten Percy's perspective of Nico and Percy kind of used Nico as a weirdo, but I like <laughs> that all the other campers that aren't that don't like frequently see Nico have his like powerful breakdowns. They're all like, he's a cool dude. He's just a little odd. Yeah. And they're like, we, if he had, if he wanted to be our friend, he would. And they kind of like, yeah, hold it there. And Nico's like, if they liked me, they wouldn't shun me the way that they do as he's like actively putting a brick wall around himself. Yes. Oh, but I also really like relatable. I feel like a lot of people really relate to Nico with that. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get stuck in your own like insecurities and thoughts. So it was really yeah. nice to have, even though it's not his perspective, Will is allowing us to see a different side of it. And I liked that exactly. a lot. Um, so good. my next note is 
Um, so Lou Ellen has like a really cool gift. She can, you know, control the mist. She has a bit of magic. It's like a little bit less powerful version of Hazel, but mm-hmm. still very useful. And I was just like, if Percy had just diversified his friends <laughs> in quests in PJO and like maybe chosen someone who wasn't Annabeth and Grover, he would have had like someone like Lou Ellen who has the ability to control the mist and like 90% of their problems would have been solved because 90% of the problems is like, in PJO is them just trying to get from point A to point B without being detected by monsters. Yeah. And if they had the mist, and like we get hints that Talia has the ability to control the mist, but that's only in like books four and five. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I was like reading this and it's like, these characters are so cool. And I They're love so that like cool. because Nico has like a different friend besides Annabeth and Percy for the first time, we get to see other campers. Yeah, it makes you think that, like, Percy must be a lot more, like, introverted than I feel like the fa- like the way he's, like, portrayed or he thinks of himself because he doesn't interact with anyone else. No. He's like, this Besides, is my like, best friend crew. and girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, I can't take anyone. I, like, one of these is my best friend. Gotta take him with me. This one, like, she'll make out with me in the Acropolis. So, like, I can't take anyone else. Sorry. <laughs> And also when he does take other people, it's not because he wants to. It's because he's, like, adopted them accidentally. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, I adopted this this Cyclops now. <laughs> so yeah. Coming. And he's mad about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really enjoy these chapters. Um, I really did not remember them. And it's making me really excited for the Trials of Apollo books, because I I really yeah. want to... Well, more than that, it's made me really excited for the Will and Nico book, because... Yes. They're so cute. They have a great dynamic, and I think yeah. they're, they're like, play a larger part in, like, the fifth Trials of Apollo books, so, like, it's it's a minute, but they're there. Mm. <laughs> they're there in the other books, and but I remember really liking their dynamic in that, too. Yeah. Mm. I bought the first Apollo Trials of Apollo book, um, right. I was at, like went for a walk and went to my local bookshop and it was on sale for a couple bucks. So Ooh. I grabbed it and I have never read the synopsis. And so right. I was like, oh, it's actually an extension of this. I thought Apollo did something totally different. No, like, it's continued. Rick it's was continued. already moved on to the next one when he was writing this. <laughs> it seems like he was more excited about Trials of Apollo. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to set up the next plot already. Well, it was funny because you were, you know, giving rightful credit to Rick. You're like, well, he's setting up Trials of Apollo. I'm like, no, that was an accident. He didn't mean to write that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. He actually did mean to write it. Yeah. He was planning this. He, he like, okay, popped so Trials of Apollo out right afterwards. Yeah. After this I'm just like, like timeline-wise. I cannot imagine. Because, like, Apollo has, like, had children, right? Like, Yes. Having to read from his perspective, like I feel like it's gonna be horny as hell. But you can't he write does that for a middle better grade job book. than you would think. I think Rick okay. does, but like also I'm like he just kind of doesn't talk about the fact that. <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, he's still yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also you have like this whole um, his children are gonna be around him. So I really yes. am doubling down on the fact that people don't know that he's Apollo because otherwise yeah. it's gonna be just like. I think each one of his children would take turns kicking him if they could. <laughs> That'd be fair. <laughs> yeah. So that's my prediction. I have, I have no idea now. Like, 
And I'm guessing Trials is going to be similar to, like, Hercules' Trials and mm. stuff. I don't know. I'm excited. We'll talk there more about trials. this later. They're not time yeah. trials. <laughs> no. Or, like, games. a court room. Yeah. <laughs> they take Apollo to trial. <laughs> anyway, okay. let's do some lightning bolt questions. Yes. So, the first question, we got this one on Instagram a while ago. Um from Bailey on Instagram. What is the stupidest way other than a nosebleed to wake Gaia up? Mm, ooh, what if <laughs> what if you like forgot to turn off alarm on your phone, right? Like you're <laughs> in battle and it goes off and that's what wakes her up. She's like, "Oh, mm. got to turn off press snooze." That would She's be the like, stupidest way. That? I need to get out of bed. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. I was thinking of, like, what's the stupidest way to, like, bleed on it. Mm. But I don't know. Can I wake her up a different way? I like the idea of, like, symbols. It would be really <laughs> unfortunate if you, symbols. like, got your period while fighting That's and then that woke thinking. her up. Like, yeah. I, I'm a little... The whole time I was like, maybe they should have just sent the boys for this one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oof. I think that's... That would be... I mean, but it would be kind of like beautiful, you know, waking Mother Earth up with um, with the menstrual with the blood, body, with the menstrual blood. Oh my god, I saw a TikTok the other. I was like, what the fuck is my like, um, suggested page? It was like a TikTok where it was like trying the viral hack where you use your menstrual blood to bring plants back to life, and I was immediately like, no, <laughs> no, the bacteria. I was like, peace and love, but no. <laughs> you have to store, gather and store yes. your menstrual yep. blood. And then, and then oh, pour it into no. your plants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this Mother is the Earth. kind of shit that no wonder the Salem witch trials happened. Because I'm sure there's one yeah. weird girl who was like really into this shit. And then we all had to burn for it. But like... We would all be dead if that was still going on. <laughs> That's true. We're all weird girls. I know. Oh. Um, and then my other question... <laughs> Like, I've asked this before, but whatever. <laughs> is that if you were, there's like those weird snake centaurs. So if you're a new type of, new type of centaur just dropped <laughs> and you have, you have to be human on the top, what animal okay. do you want on your bottom? Okay. I think the snake thing is super stupid. Cause like, I agree. <laughs> you, how do you stand? I mean, the <laughs> king cobras, you think of them like being able to, but then you don't slither fast because you have to yeah. stand. You have to like slither <laughs> on your belly. I think that's real stupid. No water animal because mm -hmm. I don't want to be on land like walking like a seal. That's so stupid. Yeah. Um. Probably like a bear. That's what I was thinking too. You'd be taller, a little hairy. Be warm. Yeah, but you'd be yeah. warm, and your feet yeah. would have claws. Your feet hands would have claws. Yeah, and you'd be like, yeah, you'd be like vicious. You could lift mm -hmm. a lot. You got a good squat. Got a great squat. You could, you know, deadlift hella. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like it'd be, like, imbalanced when you're in my top half, especially because I don't, like, I don't have a strong upper body strength regardless. With a bear. you like, really I'd be thick. <laughs> really thick, but not on the foot top. Especially if you have pants on. <laughs> no one sees that's a bear. They're like, damn. <laughs> 
What would you say? You said bear too? I was thinking bear. I'm not going to say dolphin to everyone's shock. (laughs) I was also thinking it'd be funny to be like a gazelle or something. Like that, like, you know, if if you had like pants on, you know, like looser fitting pants, you could kind of look like a human, but then you like lift up your pant leg and it's like a little twiggy gazelle leg and you're like, hey there. You just spring around like a gazelle when you're scared. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, jump pretty high, right? Oh my God. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. reach things finally. I could reach the top oh God, shelf. Like a kangaroo. If you were a kangaroo bottom. Oh, that would be cute. You have a little pouch, And kangaroos kind of have, like, they got a little booty, you know? Like, <laughs> they have a whole ass tail. <gasps> They're also, like, they have, a, like, a pouch. The pouch would be kind of cool. Well, also, because yeah. kangaroos, the pouch is for, like, pregnant. Like, it's, like, I was... Where was I learning this? I don't know where I learned this. I can't cite my facts. But it's like it it continues like incubating the baby after they birth it. So they don't have yeah, to be pregnant they're real gross as long. Looking. Yeah. Yeah, cuz but they're like nasty in there. Yeah. It's, it's not like a it's not like a cozy You'd have to like see your sack. little fetus. Yeah. It's not like a fun <laughs> cute. It's not like Rue and Kanga from Pooh Bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my question is because um, we got introduced to Llewellyn and her powers, would you rather have like Nico's powers? Imagine that they're equally matched. Nico's powers of like mm. shadow traveling and controlling some skeletons. Or would you rather be able to manipulate the mist and do some like a little bit of light magic? I feel like the mist and magic. May- I don't know because I-, I feel like when we talked about like Hazel or Nico's powers, I went with Nico's, but that's because yeah. Hazel's are mostly like underground things. And the yeah. mist is something she tra- like she's learned to do. But I think if I was naturally really good at the mist, it would be fun. Just shadow travel does not sound like a good time to me. No, it's and also like, I don't want to always smell like death. Yeah, I want to smell yeah. like mist, like magic. <laughs> and it's just like very light and it's like yeah, I wouldn't feel too evil doing it because if people are alert, they can't like the soldiers notice them. Because they are alert and looking for them, so the mist can't hide them anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a lot more, I don't know, applicable to being the side character that I am rather than mm-hmm. the main character. Mm-hmm. It'd be a cool, a cool way to like kind of pull the strings in the background and like plan the battle. Like to have all the that would be really cool to control the mist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same. Cool. All right. Those are our questions. Well, next week, we are not going to finish the book. I think last episode, we were like, it's our second to last one next week. Just kidding. Um, We're going to do our usual eight chapters next week. So chapters 49 through 56. And then the remaining 57 and 58 will be in the episode after with like a finale like we'll do. Whatever we do. I know last time we did like a superlative we had everyone vote on like on instagram on like who's the mvp of this book i think i'll have to put that out again i'll probably yes i think that's good yeah yeah and then also we'll discuss wins any lightning bolt questions and emails that you guys have sent yeah yeah our thoughts and feelings on the series as a whole exactly little chit chat time perfect perfect and then we'll have and then we'll have like a little break for the for the holiday season, we'll have like we're planning to have a bon- like to keep y'all around. We're planning to have like a bonus episode or maybe two during that, but we'll definitely be taking like all of December and some of January off to get 
sorted. Also, Manasa will be out of the country, so. Yeah, I'm out of the country for a bit, so time difference-wise, it's gonna be hard to yeah. wake Aaron up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message. Yes, and if you're interested in following us on social media, it's at Camp Half Pod. We just hit a thousand followers. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, maybe we'll be Mind way blowing. over that by the time this. We're actually be at like four thousand by the time this comes out. <laughs> I'm manifesting. Um, and then you can also like email what, us campapod at gmail dot com. Yeah, I know. <laughs> can you imagine? I'd be like, what did we do? We oh my god, I think we've done something insane. problematic. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. If you haven't already, please rate and review. Uh, we got one of our favorite reviews. Just a couple <laughs> yes. days ago, Erin sent it to me. We have stupid conversations in the best way. And I love oh, that. Getting it so tattooed good. on my face. Yes. Thank you so much <laughs> for that review. Wow. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. See you next time. <laughs>